Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Building about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on? You know, hey, it's another great day in the Selling from the Heart podcast, but I just have to ask you, Daryl, where the heck is this year going? I have Where's no idea. Here, Q1's in the books. We're now solidly into Q2. Uh, as this episode comes out, hopefully I've returned from uh, Mount Everest <laughs> and we're going to have a phenomenal year. And this is such a great time right now. Uh, and uh, Larry, I'm just I'm, I'm so excited about all the things that are happening. But one of the things that is a highlight of every single week for me, and I know it is for you, is the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group gathering with like-hearted sales professionals every Friday. Just incredible. It's, you know what? It's the power of masterminds. It's the power of bringing like-hearted, like-minded people together. That's what you get in the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. It really is fantastic. And so if you're listening to the podcast and you go, wow. I'd like to find some other people who think like this. I'd like to find some other people who really believe in authentic uh, selling. Come hang out with us. Join the Insiders Group. You can try it for free for 30 days. Sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. And I guarantee you're absolutely going to love it. Uh, we welcome you. and We look forward to seeing you there. You're going to meet a lot of maybe some of your, your new friends um, in this industry, some people that will stick by your side. Larry, I'm excited about sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. Well, you need relationships to uh, thrive in today's <laughs> sales economy. And to have relationships, get them started, you need good signals. And that brings up today's guest and this fantastic conversation we're going to have today. Why don't you introduce our friend, Jamie, and let's dive in, Larry. Uh, you know you know what? I've, I've enjoyed... Hey, by the way, great to see Jamie Shanks, but I've enjoyed actually from afar get to know Jamie and the evolution of Jamie, what he brings to the sales world. It's just a, it's a breath of fresh air. And, you know, here at Selling from the Heart, we're just firm believers that authentic relationships combined with meaningful value helps build trust and credibility. And I know we're going to dive into this today, but Jamie Shanks, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Well, this is going to be a fun and valuable conversation. And But you know, as we get started, Jamie, the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? And I'll answer it with a story and then the <laughs> actual response. My very first sales job, I was in commercial real estate, 100% commission. I'm about six months into the job. And the CEO of my firm could see that I was kind of struggling. I had to make 12 connects a day on the phone, book one kind of sales qualified lead every day to talk about real estate. Long of the short, he could tell I was nervous or apprehensive. And he pulled me aside and he said, Jamie, what's going on? Why are you nervous? And I said, well, I'm calling CEOs and chief financial officers all around the city of Toronto I'm 25. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And he said, Jamie, how many real estate deals have you worked on since you've been at our firm? I'm about 
This is like deal 15 I'm going on right now. And he said the average chief financial officer or CEO who owns a business will on average work on one major real estate transaction in their entire career. And you've done 15. You're here. You can add so much value to the conversation. Changed my life. Ever since then, I've reflected back to now answering your question. I believe selling with the heart means that you honestly have to feel that you're adding value and truly going to help the customer and value can be created in three ways. I can make you money, I can save you money, or I can mitigate risk of failure or lawsuits or whatever it is. And if you believe wholeheartedly that you can do one of those three things, then every time you pick up the phone, every email, every discovery call, you in your heart believe that you are truly helping a person and society. Oh, this is, oh, Jamie, this, this is so good because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big believer that I think we're salespeople just mightily struggle with. And, and I'm going to set aside regardless of tenure, you could be just heading right into your sales career. You could be the most experienced tenured salesperson out there. If you struggle with believability in yourself and your messaging, you're going to struggle to engage in having those conversations straight across the board. I don't care. Insert name of title of the person on the on the other end of the phone, the other end of the virtual camera or face to face. Believability is at the heart of a lot yeah. of this, Jamie. And it changed my mindset forever to recognize that those that are new to a business uh, can succeed. Those that whatever your circumstance is that you can acquire a little bit of knowledge. Most customers live in a bubble and you can acquire this nuanced piece of information uh, that people don't know. And your job is to exchange that knowledge for their time uh, to book meetings. Brilliant. Brilliant. And this is, this is a great transition to our conversation today, which is, you know, as Larry said, as selling from the heart, we believe that, trust is built when you've got authentic relationships and you combine that with meaningful value. But the reality is, you know, how do you build relationships in today's uh, economy in this world of, of prospects? And how do you, how do you find the signals that are going to allow you to drive those types of conversations? You've done a ton of work in this area. Very fascinated. Maybe just to get, get everybody level set on this. Jamie, what what are you thinking these days in terms of of the intelligence that that sales professionals need in order to succeed in our marketplace right now? So I, I'm going to speak from an account based mindset. I believe that sellers primarily are choosing a set of accounts to target, whether that could be existing customers or net new, but they're focused on either they've been assigned a set of named accounts. There is a vertical in which they're going after, or a vertical means industry, mm-hmm. or there's geographic focus. So whatever is the focus, when you look at an account, and I'm drinking out of a Yeti right now, okay? So Yeti <laughs> might be one of my prospects. as a <laughs> So when I look at Yeti, um, I need certain data sets to help me understand, are they a good fit for us? And are they a good fit for change right now? And a very common data set that people are used to right now is something called buying intent. That means that somebody who works inside Yeti right now has raised their hand, filled in a form that says, can we talk? Or they're maybe not as overt as that, but they've downloaded an ebook. They've listened to this podcast. 
They are consuming information to make informed decisions. That form of buying intent is critical uh, account-based intelligence to help your sellers segment and prioritize. Should I focus on Yeti today, not tomorrow? Or Yeti versus Igloo coolers? That's one data set. Another data set, the one that we concentrate on, is centered around human capital or the relationships around that human capital. If you think about it, Yeti, the company, doesn't get up every day and think about the changes and the priorities it needs to set forth in the next quarter. The reality is that the people that work there are the ones that set the priority. And every day, somebody goes into Yeti, gets promoted from Yeti, or leaves Yeti. And that migration of talent brings forth new priorities, priorities get accelerated, or priorities walk out the door. And so us as sellers can reverse engineer what is happening to the people inside those companies and how does that affect us? Are they interrelated to a past customer of ours? So we have something called an asymmetrical competitor advantage. Are they interrelated to a competitor of ours? Like, did they just hire a new chief operating officer that worked at our direct competitor, giving us a really low probability we're ever getting in there? Or did just change happen? They promoted somebody and that promotion is going to, you know, create a whole cascading set of new priorities in the business. And now I can make an informed decision. Do I focus on them today, not tomorrow, or account A versus account B? So those are the big primary things that people need to be thinking about. Oh, this is this is this is stuff that A, is this pure gold? But um, I, I love how you use the analogy of up. I, I think you, you went up sideways in, in up, out and it, i my business partner came up with that <laughs> how do we make this memorable in up out We're like, ah. yeah but yeah, we got to continue to peel this back coach us through why this is so important because I, I i'm a massive believer that today's sales people and sales professionals sales leaders they have to build relational forts people are leaving you clues all over the place, you know, especially in the world that we live in today is I would just submit, are we paying attention to the clues that people are leaving us? Correct. And so I'm a visual guy. So if you don't mind. Right on. Go, go ahead. ahead. There we go. <laughs> so this is a tactical step that yourself as a seller or your sales organization can do, because this is actually how I founded Sales for Life and grew it. So essentially what I did is I'm going to write the word Yeti in the center of a sheet of paper. And what had happened for me was 10 years ago, I won a company called Vision Critical. My very first company that I was doing sales training for, for this topic that we invented called social selling. Like the word meant nothing to anyone at the time 10 years ago. I took a sheet of paper and I drew the name of Vision Critical, which is a market research firm here in Toronto, Canada on a sheet of paper and I stared at it and I kind of did this. and like, what do I do? <laughs> I had no idea what to do with my story. And like Doc Brown in the movie Back to the Future, like the flux capacitor, you know, he hit his head on a toilet and he invented the flux capacitor. I sat there and I just started doodling. And I started to draw spider webs that came off of that logo. And I asked myself one fundamental question. Who cares? Who cares about the story of Yeti? Well, when you really sit and think about it, us as people are interconnected. We're really interested in stories that are within one degree of separation of us. So Daryl, as an example, is a Canadian. 
grew up in the same province I did. We talked Toronto Maple Leafs and we've got that interconnection. But it's amazing how little us as humans care about stories that are in some far off land. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but like an earthquake that happened on an island in the Pacific Ocean, we just don't think about it as much. But Daryl's story of interconnectivity to Toronto Maple Leafs, it resonates with me. The same thing happens at a business. So the people that work at Yeti, they up and they leave and they go to other businesses. Those people are interconnected and will always remember working at Yeti, having a story to Yeti. There are vendors and partners. There are competitors to Yeti. But one of the others is the people that work at Yeti today, they're interconnected to people. And they're happy to talk the Yeti story or introduce people. And so this is this whole process is reverse engineering one account can yield you five or 10 other opportunities. And I hope that answers your question. That's where it kind of came from. And that's where one account, the, the story of Vision Critical, ended up winning us a month later, uh, a company in Los Angeles called USAMP, which was a, a competitor there. So I drew this map. I built all the market research firms. USAMP was on that list. The, uh, the VP of sales at the time was named Kevin Gaither, won that account. That story took me to Exo Communications. That story took me to Tata Communications. And within one year, went from Vision Critical to Oracle. And then we won the largest social selling training deployment, might even been ever, 23,000 sellers over a five-year horizon. That only took a year to do this reverse engineering of accounts to go from account to account. I love that that mindset of looking for the common story um, between accounts. I think this is one thing that gets really overlooked by sales professionals. We think about value, right? They got this business problem. I can help you. But when we can connect that by story, things get really, really powerful. And I love that. I love that mindset. You said something when we spoke, uh, we got to speak recently on the Revenue Growth Podcast, which is a fascinating dive um, into this, this whole concept right now of human capital migration. People are moving. I don't know, all of our listeners, have you noticed people are changing jobs? Um, this is happening all the time. Uh, as I as I listen to uh, your your viewpoint on this, you see this human capital migration as a benefit to sales professionals. I'm curious yeah. why. A, a massive benefit because obviously, yeah. if you're in customer success, you could look at the inverse and go, "Wow, this is a massive risk." Right. <laughs> but let's look at it on the net new side. You know, I, I'm 43. When I started my career, I was at the the most tail end of the era where people even contemplated that you would work at businesses for a career and you would get the golden watch and the whole thing. You know, by the time I started working in early 2000s, that idea was going away. But there was still this idea that you needed to build these huge blocks on your resume, five years here and five years there. The world is like a world of intrapreneurs. And now everybody's looking at things as projects and tasks, mm -hmm. right? Work on a project for a year, 18 months. There's a saying in the marketing world that you only make more money when you change jobs. If you work in the ad agencies, you actually only, you never get promoted or make more money at the firm you're at. You make your money by jumping from firm to firm. So as a seller, 
especially in a scaled organization where you have hundreds or thousands of accounts. And within every account, there's a buying committee and power users that used your solution. That the, you know, just, just use a calculator. If you have 1,000 customers and there are five people at every company that were the main decision makers, champions, and influencers that were surrounding your solution, that's 5,000 people. And if every month the average CRM is depleting at 3% a month, so that means that you know, like 3% of that 5,000 is pouring out the door and is obsolete, hundreds of people every month are changing jobs. And now you've got these warm conversations that are you're able to have because you're not calling Yeti blindly and saying, so um, have you been thinking about solution X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. You're calling Yeti because the person they just hired worked at one of the case studies on your case study page three months ago, and they're in your CRM with two years worth of conversational history, and they know exactly what it's like to use your solution. And now you just have to be able to help them understand how that works within Yeti. It's a much different conversation. Oh, the, I I love this, Jamie. I'm just a I'm a massive, huge believer. What you just said, I just I have flashes before my eyes of growing up in the office technology space, wishing I would have had some of this, and I didn't oh, figure yeah. it out. I didn't figure it out till later on in my life. But just to throw even more of a stamp on this and more gas on this, I'm just a big believer. Everybody, all of our listeners, every sales leader, every sales professional, I don't care title, you're one degree of separation from your best sales opportunity. You just all need to start connecting the dots and connect the dots inside your network. And I love the term. I've always loved the term that you've always used, reverse engineer this. I, th- I just think today we've made this so complicated, but yet it's so simple if we're willing to do the work. A hundred percent. We have a deal in proposal right now at Pipeline Signals uh, that came only one week ago from a past customer of ours at Cornerstone On Demand Sales leader left. And in fact, we didn't pick up the signal as fast as that sales leader reached out to us and just said, let's have a conversation. Just used you at another company. What do you have for me here? Um, As a business owner, you love waking up to those type of leads. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about all this, how do you keep track of all this now? Because it seems like, you know, the reality is with all of this human capital migration, I mean, you could watch, you know, LinkedIn 24 hours a day and just, you know, <laughs> scroll, just wait, you know, wait for it. But who's got time to do that? Like, really, it, it, the, I think the challenge with a lot of this now is these um, changes just we happen to maybe possibly notice them. And I think nowadays with the the better shift going on in the marketplace, you can't, you can't wait for, you know, for that to maybe possibly happen to cross your radar. Um, the opportunities are too good. Yeah. The data has to reside in the, in the place or the record of truth. So when we started pipeline signals, we came to recognize immediately. We can't build yet another platform for somebody to log into. Sellers are not logging into yet another thing. So it has to be in the place that they use to make decisions. Their CRM, it can also route through marketing automation, but ultimately needs to talk to the CRM, Salesforce, HubSpot, and so forth. 
So that's the end result of where this intelligence needs to reside because you also in revenue operations and sales operations can make informed decisions. Which, which are our top 10 accounts where people are leaving? What are the top 10 accounts they're all going to? Which accounts have the most change? Uh, all these sort of data points that you could harness. So now the intelligence has to flow in there. And what we've created is a monitoring service akin to cybersecurity monitoring. You tell us any account in the world, customer perspective that you want to monitor. What is your ideal customer profile? And to your point, if you're employing a sales professional or a series of sales professionals to mine thousands of accounts, you are taking what should be a person doing $500 an hour value creation, and you've asked them to do $5 an hour tasks. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken all that burden away, that administrivia. And what we're doing is we're push notifying a task alert in Salesforce or in HubSpot and says to the seller, John Smith just left your customer. They went to this prospect. Here's how long ago they worked at your customer. Here's your next action items. The seller now gets the answers to the test. They don't need to be data miners. You're paying them for outcomes. They can focus on outcomes. Oh, this is incredible. This is gold. This is golden stuff. This is absolutely golden stuff. So let's workshop this for just a minute and the few sure. few moments we have remaining. Um, let's let's just hypothetically say that um, you know your target account is Yeti. You're working with the CFO at Yeti, hypothetically, and and the CFO at Yeti. Um, you know, you get ping, they're, they're gone. They move to, uh, igloo coolers or they move to (laughs) whatever cooler, um, thing. There's two things going on. One, your friend or your client has just moved to a new place, which is good, but now you got a gaping hole in relationships in your current accounts. So coach us on, on what, what that looks like for those two opportunities and and what you would coach people to do. Two signals would ring a bell, essentially. Signal number one would be routed to your customer success manager. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jane Smith, CFO, has now left. Now, you really hope, and I'll tell you about a use case from a customer of ours, you really hope that your CSM was not single-threaded. You hope (laughs) you've done a great job developing with the comp controller, Mm -hmm. with the other financial analysts, because statistically, they might promote within before they look from without. So you hope that you also have another champion inside that organization. So the the coaching now to that CSM is, okay, hopefully you already have a sphere of influence around the finance department. You need to be looking out for the fact that um, your signing authority, just walked out the door. So if you're about to introduce a new initiative, who's signing Mm -hmm. off on this? Two, were they the ultimate champion of your solution or were they just the signing authority and the champions are still in the business? Mm -hmm. Because if they're also the champion, priorities just walked out the door. And now we've got to monitor, as we will do it for you, we will monitor who they hire next. Mm -hmm. And who they hire next could either come in a green, yellow, or a red. A green flag, they hire somebody that actually came from another one of your customers. Yellow, they hire somebody that has no experience with either yourself or your competitor. You just need to now be building a relationship with that person. And then red, did they come with from a competitor? And they can completely change any solution. 
So that's what's going to happen on the CSM side. And on the net new side, you have an advocate that goes into another business. Hopefully, it get, so what we do is we route it to the right seller based on their named accounts, their TAM, and so forth. So that means that John Smith, who owns the Igloo Cooler account, mm-hmm. he gets that signal. Or if it's white spacing, meaning nobody actually owns Igloo, it's not even in the CRM, it gets routed to the right seller who owns, you know, uh, manufacturing market in the United States, mid-market. And mm-hmm. that seller gets their signal. And the coaching here is lean in on your past successes, build a 100-day value journey. Here's the 100-day value journey. In the first 100 days, when a leader takes a new job because they want to make an impact, it is touted that in that first 100 days, they will deploy up to 70% of the remitted budget, either physically or will have mentally decided what they're going to do with that money. Because they only have about a quarter to figure out where the washrooms are and then figure out their people and then make an impact. So you need to start planting seeds to help them. Like, what are you going to be thinking about in your first 100 days on the job? Now, some of our customers are finding that when they're reaching out in week two or week three of that person's new role, that person's raising their hand and saying, thanks for reaching out. But like, I've never even been to corporate head office yet. Mm -hmm. They're boomeranging messages, day 30, day 45, day 60, and, and dripping value so they're not forgotten. And I think weak sellers are planting a seed at week two, that buyer raising their hand saying, I'm not ready. And then they go, oh, and then giving up. Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. In 70 days, they're going to know everything in the business and they'll mm-hmm. be the point capital. You better be there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 the first thing that flashes through my mind is all the relational vulnerability that, that exists and how this help just bridges the gap and, mm-hmm. you know, likens to, we, we, we'll call it Fort Knox, Jamie, is there's so much intelligence and you're serving this all up to help salespeople and leaders build that fortress of knowledge around their client base. And I'll tell you a wow. So we had a, our first customer churn uh, in the last six months. It was the only customer that's ever churned. And it was a massive learning experience for us and the customer. So the customer decided they only wanted to monitor C-level executives that left their customer base, four or 500 customers, going into 250 Fortune 1000 type accounts. So C-level to C-level changes. So the, the number of signals provided was small. In two months, they had 90 signals, but not changes. But here was the big aha moment. Of the 90 signals that were sent in monitoring their prospects, 85%, sorry, 85 of the 90 signals that came from their customer, their CSMs didn't know that C-level executive. Mm. These C-level executives were the chief data officer, chief technology officer, chief information security officer, so not only was the whole left when they left, when that key stakeholder left, but when mm-hmm. they got to the new account, they were like a quasi stranger. And so our customer was realizing that they were reaching out to people that didn't know that they were a past customer. And yet the CSM still had to make a mm-hmm. whole. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it really sh- shined or shone. I don't know what the English on the fact that yeah our customer success team needs to be way more multi-threaded yeah because the work that they do and i i'm i want to write more content on this Mm -hmm. the work that your csms do two years from now pays massive dividends to your new biz team and you don't even realize it and that was the big aha moment i had Mm -hmm. with your new biz team two years from now as you develop really robust relationships on the customer side they benefit from it from all these known advocates going into other businesses now. Powerful, powerful. Jamie, what a great conversation. And this, uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking about this for some time to come. And all of this right now is is so top of mind. How can people learn more about the uh, incredible program that you've put together? Um, contact me uh, on LinkedIn. I'm Jamie Shakes. Uh, as well, go to pipelinesignals.com. We're happy to show you, I, I can show you free examples of signals going on in your business right away and have a conversation about what it's like to monitor them at scale. Really? Oh, really this is cool. fantastic stuff. Yeah, Jamie, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. Uh, best wishes to you. And uh, thanks for sharing time with us today. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Awesome. Oh, Daryl, this was this was amazing stuff. You know, as I was listening in, it with to what Jamie had to say this I had flashes of Jim Rohn and just going through my mind and just y'all follow (laughs) along with me for just a second on this one but the late great Jim Rohn had always said success leaves clues that's right think about what Jamie just shared with us Mm -hmm. there are signals being left that's leaving you clues serving you clues up to engage in conversations with your clients and your future clients this is fantastic conversation Absolutely. And, and the reality is we've got to be paying attention to this stuff right now. Uh, we've got to be paying attention. I think, uh, you know, this is an important moment for us, everyone listening in to kind of sit back and, uh, you know, maybe get that blank notepad out, draw the circle in the middle, <laughs> hit yourself in the head a few times. And go, <laughs> what are we going to do about this? I mean, the human capital migration right now is it's a big deal. It's happening all the time. And it's either, an, it's like any change, it's either an opportunity or it's a threat. And if you're not paying attention, it definitely can be a threat. But I think right now, especially the folks in the Selling from the Heart um, community who are saying, I'm bought into building authentic relationships. I like that term, multi-threading um, relationships through accounts. This is where this is where it all begins, is that commitment to go, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to sustain, build these relationships with the account. And hopefully you find out, you know, maybe you find out through a a signal, maybe you find out through LinkedIn, hopefully you find out because you have such good relationships in the account that they call you and say, hey, Larry, I just want to let you know in two weeks I'm leaving, you know, that type of, of thing. Whatever it is, there's an opportunity right here and authentic relationships are at the core of it. Larry, we are, uh, this is, this is fantastic stuff. I'm so excited about the conversations we get to have. I'm so excited about the community. Um, I just want to encourage you if you're listening in and haven't come to the insiders group yet, why not come join us, go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders and learn about uh, a community of like-hearted sales professionals that believe in authentic relationships. Oh, it's so good. I'll, I'll just leave everyone with, with something just to think about as we wrap up the podcast. But I'm a big believer, the more people you know inside your accounts, the more you'll grow. The more you can learn from them, the more you will earn from them. 
pay attention to the signals, pay attention to the clues that your customers are leaving for you. Fantastic. I love it. Well, thank you to everybody who's listening in, especially thank you to those who are liking, sharing, and leaving reviews on the podcast. It helps us spread the word about this movement of authenticity in the sales profession. We've got great episodes coming up, so make sure to like, subscribe, whatever platform you're on so you don't miss anything. And until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, pay attention to the relational signals in your accounts, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.